My heart skips skipping the beach You're not close enough So that space between you and me Let's lose it The way you're dancing Swaying to the music Girl, that body and how you move it Every time you cross my mind Girl, I lose it Alexa, play the Country Heat playlist Okay With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. Welcome to the Tour Junkies Fantasy Golf Podcast, presented by 18 Birdies, the best golf app in the business. This is the BMW Championship episode, the third leg of the FedEx Cup playoffs. Let's get to it. What's up, Golf Addicts? Thanks for downloading the episode this week. We're going to talk about the Dell Technologies Open, recap Bryson DeChambeau's win. We're going to talk about one of the douchiest tweets ever tweeted, ever, in the history of tweeting on Twitter, as Pat used to call it back in the day. We're going to talk about that. We're going to, we're going to talk a little bit of Ryder Cup. We're trying not to talk too much Ryder Cup because we're going to have a Ryder Cup episode but we're going to talk a little bit of Ryder Cup as captain selections were made today. And of course, we're going to give you everything you need to know about the new golf course hosting the BMW Championship, the third leg of the FedEx Cup playoffs. We're going to make our picks. We're going to have some fades. Pat's going to get pissed off. Pat's going to make a couple accusations about me that are just not true. I'm going to call him on it. He's going to stumble around. Uh, this happens towards the end, so be ready. He gets a little, uh, a little. he just doesn't know what's happening. So, um, yeah, appreciate you guys putting up with that week in and week out. As always, we're presented by 18 Birdies. Love the guys over at 18 Birdies. Download the app if you have not already. It's a free app to download. And if you put in promo code TOURJUNKIES, all one word, all lowercase, when you download, you get one free year of premium access after you play nine holes on the app of real golf. Nine holes on the app. It's a fantastic product. You got the social side of it. You got the golf side of it, the betting side of it, the content side. It's fantastic. Download the app. And we hope you guys Check enjoy the episode okay. this week. We'll be back next week with a special episode. All right. All right. So thanks for listening. Here you go. All right, let's rock and roll. All right, everybody. Happy September. It is now September. Fall is in the air. The NFL is coming back. College football's underway. Golf is in playoff season, Ryder Cup season. It's it's a good day in sports. Pat, what's up, dude? How you doing, man? I'm good, man. It it is a good day in sports. Not just for golf either. We got football back, college football, NFL. This is a fantastic time of year. Even though we're winding down the the golf season, we got Ryder Cup just around the corner, so it's just mm. a beautiful time of year. Well, then of course, golf season has about a four-minute rest, and it kicks back up uh, first right after Ryder Cup. So well, that's true. That's true. There you go. For for you diehards that are going to be playing the Safeway Open, and guess what? That's us because we're diehard golf fans. We're golf addicts, tour junkies, if you will. If you're just now joining us, welcome to the program. Um. Pat, we got a lot to cover tonight. I want to hop on it quickly. Let's talk about the Dell Technologies Open, the third, I'm sorry, second leg of the FedEx Cup playoffs on TPC Boston, eh? Oh, not eh, that was Canada, but That's just Canada, Boston. Yeah. Just Boston. Just Boston. Boston. Um, so many Boston listeners are going to kill yeah, us over kill any us kind of that. accents that we 
throw out there. I love our Boston listeners. I've never been to Boston. I would love to go. I, I hear it's a lovely city. I would really like to go to Boston one day. Um, so maybe that'll happen. I we actually we did pretty freaking good, Pat. Um, now I know it was a you know ninety eight man field, top seventy in ties made the cut, but out of the twenty seven golfers we we mentioned on the podcast, two missed the cut. One of them was your boy. One of them was my boy. You had Ryan Palmer who missed the cut, and I had Joel Damon, friend of the podcast, recent native area interview. You need to go listen to that if you haven't. Those were the only two that missed the cut, but we had Bryson, of course, who was coming in on hot form. Uh, of course, we had him. We had seven in the top 10 and 17 in the top 25. And the chalk bomb was Billy Horschel, who withdrew with a sinus infection. Now, he made that one easy, didn't he? Yeah. Now, <laughs> now me and Pat are not physicians, so we did not see the sinus infection coming. Um, but, uh, you know, nor, nor any wizardry going on. Uh, ben, ben Little, who does the chalk bomb, also not a, not a physician. But either way, you know, maybe he is. He's a smart guy. Maybe that's he, like his. He he, sl- he slings uh, chicken chicken tits for, for a living. He's a <laughs> yeah. he he owns some Zaxby's franchise. He's a chicken tit slinger. He's not a doctor. You kidding? Um, he was a doctor last week. Doctor ooh. of the bomb. Anyway, it was a fun uh, fun tournament. You know, I, I had a fun find today. I was logging on to my bookie account to my my bookie account. And I was like, let me just throw some bets out there and see what's what's popping. And I was like, dang, why is my account balance that high? I thought I had lost all my money on the PGA Championship betting people. And I looked, and I had forgotten that I put a an 80-to-1 bet on DeChambeau winning the uh, the Northern Trust. So I had some money. Pretty excited about that. That's actually. good stuff, man. I'm happy for you. Yeah, thank you. You know, um, I I had some I had some potential this week too for some really green, you did. but it didn't it didn't work out. You did. You had Sunday. Bo Hostler came up and bit you. He he just can't get a Sunday. Together. And Tiger Tiger and Tiger didn't really bit you. Yeah, you you, you were favor. up there. You were up there. I had the I had Cabrera Bello, I had uh, Hatton, and I had Rose and DeChambeau all in the mm. same lineup. I mean, and great Tiger lineup. And Hostler, yeah. But Tiger and Hostler just killed it. Was a good lineup, very good lineup. Would have done you really well in a lot of other high dollar contests, if and you could have played in the high dollar contest had you not lost all your money earlier this year. So probably, probably uh, so. Hey, the, to me, um, all right. So I, let's 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 talk about this real quick. Ryder Cup selections occurred today at five p.m. What we thought was going to happen happened. Captain Jim Furyk picks Bryson DeChambeau, Phil Mickelson, and Tiger Woods. Now. You know, if you listen to the Tour Junkies podcast regularly in the last couple months, we've been talking about the Ryder Cup frequently. Neither one of us were big fans of Bryson DeChambeau getting a selection. However, after these last two weeks, you know, you can't deny the guy. Um, I, I I don't know what to – I'm, I'm still very torn on Bryson DeChambeau. Like, I, we've heard things from people that have in, interacted with him in person that are not great. Um, it's similar things that you hear about uh, someone else that we'll talk about here in a minute. And that's all I, g- I have to go off of. But that's, you know, that's, that's likely all we're going to get. Like, there's not a, a great chance I'm going to get to, like, have a beer with Bryson DeChambeau one day and really get to know him as a person and find out all his feelings and deep wishes about life. But I just, I, for me, I can't tell yet if I like him or not. 
I still like some weeks I like him, some weeks I don't. He is a great player, obviously. He's playing really well right now, um, and he's doing something that not a lot of people have done. So he's very deserving of the Ryder Cup selection. Um, Phil and Tiger get picked. We knew that was coming. So that leaves one more selection to be made next Monday, September 10th. And all signs point to Tony Finau. The other thing that happened today is Jim Furyk named a couple of extra co-captains. David Duvall, shout out, 1999 Brookline Ryder Mm -hmm. Cup teammate. Uh, Zach Johnson and Matt Kuchar. Now, Zach Johnson, the chatter for picking him had kind of died off, but there were still some people out there that thought Matt Kuchar was going to get a selection and get the nod. I am very thankful that he is not, that he will just be a a co-captain. I think that's the right move. So I feel like this narrows things down to three names, Tony Finau, Xander Shoffley, and Kevin Kisner, and I don't think it's very close. My take is that there's about a 70% chance Tony Finau is going to get picked. And uh, and then Kisner and Shoffley, very small odds below him. Would you agree? I would agree. I think that – I do think if you listen to the press conference with Furyk, the door was left a little bit open that it's not a given that it's Finau. I mean, he even said that, yes, recent form is a factor, but also who fits within the pairings and everything else. So I I just wonder if that was some sort of posturing to say, you know what, I know everybody thinks that Finau is going to be the pick just because of the way he's played lately, which is obviously important, but – he may not be a fit when it comes to the way I want to put my teams together. And that, to me, leaves the door open to somebody like Kiz or Xander Shoffley. Now, obviously, we talk about this all the time. I'm I'm a huge Kiz fan. I want him on the team. I still think you're right. I think there's about a 70% chance that Finau is going to be on the team. But from listening to Furyk in that press conference, it was not – made obvious in any way that that's that that's the direction he's going to go so uh, and I think it's an important pick I mean he's you know you can't make these picks based off of what the media what anybody else thinks you know he's got to make the pick on who he thinks is going to give him the best shot to win and if it's Finau that's fine I mean you can't argue with that I mean he's playing absolutely fantastic he's had a great year he's played good in majors but, you know, on the other hand, you know, so is Kiz. I mean, he's played very good in majors. He hasn't had the best year. But you go back to match play, and he got to the championship of the match play, uh, the World Golf Match Play Tournament, um, which is huge. Obviously, that's something that you, you want to look at. He's got that just ability to uh, just go one-on-one with somebody and, and win. So I think that is a, is a factor for sure. I think people forget about that, 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 that Kiz did so well in that tournament. Um, and then Xander is, again, just another fantastic talent. So I think it's interesting. I think it may be a little bit closer than people actually think between those three, but I do agree Finau is obviously the odds-on favorite. Well, and don't get it wrong. Like, Furyk is not the most swagger-filled man on the PJ Tour, but he is a he's an alpha. He's a boy dog. Like, he's going to do him. He's going to do himself. He's going to say what he's going to say. He's going to operate how he wants to operate. Um, so if he wants to buck the, you know, buck the general consensus or what the media is doing, he will. 
Um, I also think he could say something like what he said today just so that it makes everyone else feel like he's he's being fair, he's being equitable, he's wanting these guys to play it out. they got one more week to really show something. Um, but it, it is a tough case for Fina. I mean, to, to not pick Fina. Um, so to me, I mean, I feel like I feel like if Kisner and, and Xander don't come up with some really solid flash of form here, I, I think he's gonna. I think it's still gonna be difficult not to pick him. I mean, and yeah, Kis they, had they've a, gotta, they've gotta Kis had a better week weeks. this past week, but Xander's not really done as much. I don't know. So, but. Honestly, that you know, that's just one pick, right? And and I think these those the three picks that were made today were pretty easy. But when you look at the European side, which we've not really done, uh, there's definitely some challenges here. Um, if you're Thomas Bjorn, this this is tough. So locked in right now is Tommy Fleetwood, Terrell Hatton, Rory, Francesca Monari, Norin, Thorborn, Olison, Rom, and Rose. I'm pretty confident you can go ahead and sharpie in ian poulter um which means he's got three more picks out of the veterans being garcia henrik stinson maybe paul casey and then uh rafa cabrera bello who played in his first Ryder cup at hazeltine and played quite well with sergio thomas peters who also played very well in his first Ryder cup at hazeltine with rory and then matt wallace who just won his third event of the year on the european tour so Picking, you've definitely got a case of some younger guys, some fresh, fresh talent on a team that's already full of some rookies. Um, you know, you, you got to pick three of those guys, and, and likely, you know, I, I don't know, like some of these veterans may be left off, and it's going to be interesting to see what Thomas Bjorn's going to do. If I'm Thomas Bjorn, I'm just not taking Sergio. It's kind of like Matt Kuchar. Like I know Sergio's fiery and he plays the he's, he plays the Ryder Cup a lot better than Matt Kuchar and historically he's done better than Matt Kuchar, but the form is awful. It's really really bad. It's been bad for a long time. I see you making Sergio as a co-captain and and let him ride a golf cart and put some pairings together. If Stenson can look you in the eye and tell you he's 100% healthy, I think you pick Henrik Stenson. If he's not, I, I think you avoid him. Um, and then I think you go Rafa Cabrera-Bello and Thomas Peters, two guys who played really well in their first Ryder Cup at, at Hazeltine and who are both playing well right now, especially Rafa. I mean, I feel like Rafa's earned it. He's, he's playing really, really well right now. So that's what I would do if I were Thomas Bjorn. I'd go Poulter as a given. Then I'd go uh, Cabrera-Bello, Thomas Peters, and Stinson uh, if, if he can tell me he's healthy. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you there for the most part. I mean, I think that – first off, I don't think Sergio is going to just be a assistant captain. I, I don't know. That just doesn't seem like his his style. So, I'm not really sure that that's what he would do. Um, I know the form's not there. But the Ryder Cup is just a different animal. I mean, I think when you get a guy like Sergio, as fiery as he is, he's – obviously a fantastic player i think he can get on form for for the router cup so i don't know if i were if it were me i'd have a hard time keeping him off the team i understand where you're coming from but uh i I like that veteran presence you know especially um you know you're on uh, on home soil you know a guy that's got a ton of experience in router cups so i think it's gonna be hard to keep keep sergio off the team but 
Uh, I do love Rafa. I think he's a great pick, and uh, I do think he's he's going to be on the team. I don't know about Peters. Uh, he's just been so up and down all year. Do you remember how dominant he was with Rory? No, I remember. I mean, I'm not – I definitely you talk about remember. chemistry. Talk about guys playing together, similar styles. I mean, he they were they were dominant at Hazeltine. Yeah, no, I'm, I, I'm with you. I just don't know. I mean, I don't know. All right, well, if, if, to me, if it's between, like, let's just say it's between Sergio and Peters, I think they're going to go Sergio. Yeah, I, I could see that. Yeah, I could see that. Um, all right, that's enough Ryder Cup discussion. We don't want to get too ahead of ourselves. We will have a Ryder Cup podcast, and we'll have plenty of Ryder Cup content. It'll be here before we know it. Uh, the next thing I want to talk about before we get to the course breakdown is probably the biggest thing that happened last week, and it was an absolute shitstorm on Twitter. And um, it is brought to you very appropriately by none other than our friends at Vivid Seats, who can get you fantastic seats at any sporting event, concert, theater, whatever. You can sort by price. This is very key for this next section that we're going to talk about. You can sort by your section and row. Find the seat of your right of your choice at the right price. You can see you know, the kind of view you're going to have. You can determine whether or not you may be in the line drive section you know you don't want to catch a line drive to the grill um and right now vivid seats is offering tour junkies listeners 10 percent off their first order go to vividseats.com or you can download the app enter promo code tour junkies all one word new customers only you get the discount and it's now valid through the end of september okay and all vivid seat confirmed orders are backed up by a hundred percent buyer guarantee they guarantee the tickets they guarantee you're going to get what you pay for Good stuff from Vivid Seats from now till the end of September. Enter promo code TOURJUNKIES for 10% off your first order for new customers only. So check out Vivid Seats. Enter promo code TOURJUNKIES. 10% off your first order. And a guy that really could have used a little Vivid Seats action last week was <laughs> everyone's favorite villain, Patrick Mother and Reed. Holy moly. Um, oh. If you don't have Twitter... And you don't read up on a lot of like golf news or social media stuff. You just like watch the tournaments or whatever. Then you may not know this. And I and I guess what I know that there are many of you out there. You know how I know because Pat, you don't even know this. I talked to a PGA Tour caddy today named Paul Tesori. Paul Tesori had no idea of about this tweet last week. How did he have no idea about? It? <laughs> I was like. Wait a minute. What? He was like, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about, buddy. I'm like, no, man. Like, you, you, you didn't hear about the tweet from Patrick Reed about the baseball game. He's like, I have no idea, man. <laughs> I was like, oh my god. I had a limited amount of time on the phone with him, so I was like, all right. Well, me and you got another stuff to talk about, but I was like, ask your wife about what happened because I guarantee you she'll know because she's on social media more than you are. But so there are people that have no idea what Patrick Reed did on August 29th, okay? Uh, They're playing in Boston. Obviously, we talked about that. Apparently, the PGA Tour got a bunch of players and their wives, a couple guests, some very nice seats to Fenway Park to take in a Red Sox game before the Dell Technologies open. Patrick Reed throws up the most passive-aggressive butthole tweet I've seen all year. And it says, thank you, at PGA Tour, for the tickets to the Red Sox game tonight. I love how you put my wife, sister-in-law, and myself 
in the line drive section. See, if you had vivid, vivid seats, you could you could fix that. We paid $650 and ended up in the same section as the rest of the PGA Tour, who we tagged twice. Hmm. Hashtag front row. Now, um, if you're not reading the tweet, you may need some help kind of translating what this is. Uh, he's basically, and also the picture is of himself, his wife, and his sister-in-law, all grinning, very, very big grins, ear to ear, um, smiling at the camera, and they just look happy as they can be. But don't let the smile fool you on Patrick Reed's face. He is fiery hot under that blade collar and choker necklace of his that he wore to the Red Sox game. Um, and he's mad because apparently uh, he and his wife and sister-in-law got put in the line drive section. They're in danger at, the, at, at Fenway Park. What but is the when, line drops? I don't know. But then when they paid $650 of their own money to get moved to a better section, they found themselves sitting around a lot of other people from the PGA Tour. So it's almost as if the PGA Tour is out to get him, out to give him bad seats, oh, poor out him. to get him and his wife hit in the mouth with a, with a, with a ball or a bat, you know? And, and he's ticked poor about it, and he wanted them to know. So much so he tagged him twice. But that, that tweet is not even is barely a week old, and it has 1.2 thousand comments. But not even re- only 70 retweets. That's what's funny. It's like th- normally the, the comment to retweet ratio is a little closer, you know, because if it's funny, like people retweet and they'll comment or whatever. So many people just wanted to rip just rip comments off at this picture. 1.2 thousand people commented on this picture. And reading the comments alone could satisfy if you it could satisfy your toilet time for the next six months. Like when you sit on the toilet to take a dump, you just scroll through the comments and pick up where you left off from the last dump, and you just crack yourself up, take a shit, and just relieve your. It, it probably it, take a week to. So read funny, the comments are so funny. But I mean, this guy, man, this just this guy, I, I can't. We've said it before on the show. I mean, I, I love this guy one week every two years at the Ryder Cup. You know? It's I, not I, the I, only week you can like him. It, it really is, is, man. And I, I'm not going to get into it again, but he did something magical to my body in 2016 on Sunday in Minnesota at Hazeltine. And I'll never forget it. As long as I live as a sports fan, I'll never forget it. And I can't shake it. And I feel like when I go to when we go to Paris in less than 30 days he's going to he's going to make me feel it again but like come monday he's the biggest douche lord i have ever seen ever you know it's interesting with him too like i mean i have friends that you know obviously they know what we do and what we talk about and they literally are like i will pull for the us for sure in the Ryder cup but i'm going to pull against Reed in every single match that he plays. <laughs> and that's like, that's interesting to me because, you know, you would think everybody would be like USA, USA, all that. I mean, that shows you just what type of personality is and how he comes across to a lot of people. And these are people who aren't even like huge golf fans, like people that don't watch golf week in and week out like we do. He just comes across, like you said, as just the biggest douchebag. And he's hard to pull for, but 
you kind of have to during the Ryder Cup, but he sure makes it difficult. And yeah, but he but he wins when it you know he's Captain America, I guess you know. But yeah, I mean we got him on a T-shirt right now. <laughs> we do. Now don't associate the T-shirt with the douchebaggery. I think there's like a little bit of a difference there. You know, I mean, he's yeah. We're, we're like we're really kind of more emphasizing Ryder Cup persona, Patrick Reed versus yeah, every single day Patrick Reed. Yeah, that's why it's <laughs> Captain America and not like a green jacket Reed. I mean, yeah. the, the shirt's kind of picking picking at him a little bit too. I mean, we we made sure the choker necklace was on there. You know, the 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 hand to the ear pose that he. You know, it's just it's just everything that encompasses Patrick Reed on that T-shirt. But uh, nonetheless, we did have people pre-order and ask to get a refund. <laughs> we had that happen after yeah, that refund. tweet. The first ever refund we've ever the first been asked ever for. refund was requested of the tour junkies. Thanks for that. Um, but no, he was cool about it. Uh, yeah, man, I don't know what to think of the guy now. You know, and and I'll say this too: like I like the way he plays golf. I like it. I, in the in between the ropes, I like it. In between shots, I like it. I like his approach. I like that he goes out there and he's he just he kind of takes on the villain role and he kind of takes on the you know everybody's out to get me, everybody's out to take me down, everybody's out, you know he's always playing with a chip on his shoulder. I, I like that. I like watching it, you know. And, and I, I'm excited. I think it's I think it's exciting. You know, golf needs a villain. We really we always need a villain. Every sport needs a villain. Um, I, I just personally, I just feel like. Everything that's ever been, you know, not everything, but a lot of what's been talked about him and his past and the kind of person he is and the stuff with his parents and all that stuff, it just, it feels really true when you see a tweet like this. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> oh, all right. That's enough on that. Brought to you by Vivid Seats, man. Vivid Seats, you guys need to reach out to Patrick Reed, hook him up. He could have saved, dude, we could have saved him 65 bucks off that $650 order. 65 bucks? You know, that's something. Maybe he wouldn't have tweeted if he'd saved $65. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, Pat, we got a new course this week. Uh, you know, I mean, it's been played on the tour before, but relatively new course. And we need to hear all about it for the BMW. Let's let's go, man. All right. So, yeah, we're at the BMW Championship this week. Hey, and- also, can you make this not sound like you're reading it straight off a Wikipedia page, please? Yeah, because apparently that's what somebody said about me. I'll try to do that uh, as good as I can. Well, by the way, are are you reading? Are you reading notes? Well, what would you want me to do? Just, I mean, I, I'd like I have notes. Yes, I read off of notes. Right, I don't read what... word for word, but I do have notes. Right, that's what I'm saying. So, like, you are reading. Like, it's just you're not reading Wikipedia. You're reading your notes. No, I'm reading my notes. Yeah, there you go. I don't have, yeah, I don't think they even, I mean, does Wikipedia have a golf course page? No, Guys, trust me, Pat doesn't even know how Wikipedia works, so. Yeah, I don't think they have, like, you know, the Aeronomic Golf Club Wikipedia page. <laughs> Maybe they do, if they do, I mean, somebody. Aeronomic? Aeronomic? <laughs> Aeronomic, that is how you say it, by Aeronomic. the way. Aeronomic yeah. Golf Club. Oh, I couldn't yeah. wait for you to pronounce it. You know what? Here's the thing. I knew I was going to F that up just from the start. It's just a weird name. 
And uh, but it's a great course, uh, Aronimic, for the BMW Championship in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. The course is playing just over 7,200 yards. It's a par 70. Donald Ross design. You know, we've had a lot of Donald Ross lately in these in these playoffs. You don't have a lot on tour, but in the playoffs, it seems like we've had a few come up. Um, it was recently given a four million dollar facelift by Gil Hance, who's kind of like the Donald Ross expert. He comes in and really specializes in bringing these courses back to the how they used to be back in the uh, you know when he designed them. Um, so he's he's added a few uh, he's added a few bunkers, actually a hundred to be exact, uh, and just really restored it back to what it used to be back in the 1920s when when Ross designed it. The last time we played here on tour was actually in 2010 and 2011 at the AT&T National, but that was before Gil Hance came in and designed or redesigned it. So I think that it's going to be playing a little bit different. Um, and a lot of what you see is uh, expanding the fairways. Also, the greens were, were uh, expanded a little bit. I, I mentioned adding the bunkers. Uh, grass surface this week is bent grass from tee to green. Also on the green, you got some bent grass. So we've played a lot of bent grass lately, and I, I like that. Love um, you've got two par fives. Uh, number nine plays 605, so obviously pretty long. You, your longer guys are going to be able to hit it in two, but but not you know everybody in the field. Number 16 also plays 556, so that one is definitely reachable. You got four par threes here that play very difficult. Only one of them is relatively short at 159, but three of them play 220 plus. So here's the thing. This is just, again, another old classic course. It's going to play difficult. It's a major style course that's hosted majors in the, in the past, and it's going to host, uh, I think it's a PGA Championship in a few years. Uh, so I think they're going to set it up difficult. I think you've got to scramble out here. Um, I'm definitely looking at recent form. I always look at recent form more than I typically do when it comes to the playoffs. Look at a guy like Bryson DeChambeau the last couple weeks. has obviously played great, so I do want to weigh that a little bit more. I look at I looked at uh, strokes gained putting on bent grass greens uh, is is sort of a sort of an outlier this week. Not a major factor when I'm coming up with the stats that I'm I'm looking at, but I do like that. Also scrambling, as I mentioned, and strokes gained approach. Looking at past champs here, none of these were on uh, aeronomic, whatever this course is. Uh, you had Leishman last year in 2017, DJ in 2016, Jason Day in 15, Horschel when he was on that heater. Just We don't care like, about these winners. They were not on this course. Why are you saying these? Because I do it every week. So I'm just Yeah, but why? Wow. I like to know who the past champs for the tournament are. Uh, yeah, of that course, me too. Anyway, Zach Johnson and then Rory before that. Blah, so blah, there you blah, go. Blah, blah, blah. <sighs> All right. Um, yeah. I, I think this course, I don't know. We're going to have to get a little report because I've heard, I've heard the course is playing kind of quick right now. Um, a little firm, a little fast, but there's there's some weather uh, predicted that may soften this thing up a bit. So I think I think definitely checking Wednesday night before lineups lock on Thursday could be could be useful if it's if it's going to get enough rain over the course of the tournament. It's obviously going to play more into into the bombers' favor, into the dart throwers, uh, the proximity guys. Um, these are big greens, as you mentioned. So 
you definitely want to uh, with a lot of undulation, as you mentioned. So you want to you want to be on the right shelf. You want to be on the right side of these holes. Um, but it's, it's a fun golf course. It looks like it looks like a course where you really got to think your way through it. You got to be able to work the ball both ways. Be creative. Um, so I'm interested to see how it plays, but I do think weather should be looked at. Now, you know, one thing, obviously you've got FedEx Cup implications, so the top 30 out of here are playing are playing East Lake next week. And so 40 of these guys are going home. Well, actually, there's less than that. I think there's like 68 guys. So And no cut this week. So yeah, no cut. Better. So It's that, going to be a little the, bit different, kind of play a little bit like when you're looking at a World Golf Championship event. Um, that's kind of the strategy mindset you need to have this week. Yeah, so to me, I mean, if you're trying to win money in GPPs, it's all about ownership. So it's, ta- you know, all these guys are obviously having good years or they wouldn't be here. So there's some good players in here. There's a lot of good players who are going to be overlooked. Um, and, and, you know, you, you, need some, you need some of the lower owned guys. I mean, look at last week, Kyle Stanley, Cam Smith. Still pretty low owned, uh, despite being you know coming into good form, um, finishing pretty well. So, it, to me, it's all about leverage. You want some low owned guys with sixty eight players and no cut. You need you need guys who are low owned who who can give you some leverage into the weekend, and 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 obviously make some birdies and play well. So, uh, it definitely feels like a WGC event for sure. Um, so, but you know, looking at Bubble Boys is is important as well. Now, I don't look at guys – I don't think it makes a lot of sense to look at guys, you know, in the 50s, 60s, 70s of the FedEx Cup um, and think of them as bubble boys. Because, I mean, basically, you know, if, if, they're, if they're sucking it up on Friday afternoon, you know, they pretty much know they're out. So, you know, you could get a, a little mailing it in maybe. Um, I don't know. Maybe not. I know there's still money at stake here, but I just think the the true bubble boys are those are those guys you know within ten ten spots of the thirty spot coming into East Lake in in a couple of weeks. So your twenty to forty range, I would consider those kind of guys that are wanting to position themselves better for East Lake or get into East Lake in general. That's kind of what I would consider bubble boys, and I think there's there's something to be said about that. We see that every year with the playoffs, so I'm looking at that as well. Um. All right, Pat, well, let's get it started. Top tier, you got Bryson seeing his first five-figure tag, price tag this week, uh, coming off the hot form at 10000 Then you got Rory, Brooks, JT, Rose, and DJ up top. I'm playing one guy, one guy in this range, and his name is Rory McIlroy. That is my Ooh, boy. Wow, I feel like yep. that's like a. I don't know if I've ever heard you say that before. Yes, you have. I just played him a couple weeks ago. I was all over him a couple weeks ago. Um, I, 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 I'm liking Rory this week. He's. Uh, I mean, last week he came in at on average in DraftKings GPPs. He was on average just over 10 percent owned for Rory, and he's still showing. He's still showing. He's not quite there yet, but a T12 last week at the Dell. Um, he's 14th in strokes gained off the tee, uh, fourth in, in strokes gained around the green. He's struggling with the iron play a little bit, which that's the, that's the concern. That's definitely the concern. Now, here's another thing that I looked at. I, so I factored strokes gained off the tee, proximity, and strokes gained around the green. I also looked at strokes gained total over the last 100 rounds on Donald Ross designs. You know, you see with Donald Ross and Pete Dye and some of these other designers, you see very similar 
features and characteristics of the, of these guys. And I know Gil Hans came in and did a did a renovation, but he, he renovated to make it more more like Donald its Ross original. Like. Yeah, yeah, more like a Donald Ross design. It had lost it a little bit. So I do think looking at guys who over the long term, over a big sample, tend to play well on those designs. And so that's why I took 100 rounds on Donald Ross designs. And the fifth best player in this field on Donald Ross designs over the last 100 rounds is Roy McIlroy. Um, so I'm going to I'm gonna roll with Rory. I mean, he was 10% on last week. I don't really see that being a – I mean, I don't see him getting a huge bump with the selection of talent up top. So – you know, give me a 12, 13% at the most. Uh, that's the leverage I want to get. And I'm not playing a t- I'm obviously, obviously, I'm not playing a lot of these guys because I'm only, I told you I only want one at 10K and above. I'm going to have a little more of a balanced look here. So that's, uh, that's my guy. Well, I can't argue with you on Rory. I mean, I've, I've been a fan, you know, all year. I think he's, you know, coming into form here and, and been playing pretty well. And, and I think he's going to obviously play fantastic at the Ryder Cup. I will say that I I like going right at the very top at Dustin Johnson at 11.6. Look, I know the price tag is expensive, but he checks the box in strokes gained approach. He's fifth in the field. He's 10th in strokes gained putting on bent grass greens. Uh, looking at par four scoring, he's fourth in the field. And then proximity, he is number one. So I think Dustin Johnson makes a lot of sense. I think this is a, a great week for him to sort of get in there. We haven't heard from him a ton since the RBC Canadian Open where he won. But you know what? Outside of a few bad rounds, he's really been right there in almost every single tournament recently. So I do like DJ. He is one of my favorite players up there, and I don't mind paying that price for him because I still think I can fit a good lineup in. Um, other than that, I I don't know. There's not a huge, a, a ton of people I like here. I do think I'm going to have some Justin Thomas. Uh, I like him as well at 10-7. He's number one in the field in strokes gained approach. Top 20 in strokes gained putting on bent grass greens. Top 20 in strokes gained on par fours and on in proximity. So I do like some Justin Thomas. Bryson DeChambeau is the most interesting person here for me because I think you there there's really a decision to be made do you stay with the hot hand with bryson or do you say you know what i'm gonna fade him this week he's at 10k he's won two weeks in a row he's got that Ryder cup spot locked in so i think for me i'm probably gonna fade some bryson i think he is uh i think it's just a week and he's so far ahead right now he really doesn't even need to play in this tournament um, so he's still in great position going into the tour championship. So I think Bryson is a fade. You know, we talk about our favorites a lot. I'm going to fade some, some DeChambeau this week. I believe he has, I'm not hundred percent sure, but I believe he has locked up the number one seed at Eastlake already, no matter what. So, uh, you know, he's got to feel a weight lifted that he's been announced for the Ryder cup. He's locked in Eastlake. It's got to feel good, which you know, you're right. I mean, it may mean he kind of, I don't know. I don't know. It, it just may mean he kind I, I mean, of. He's, he is very competitive. You know, we talk about, he, he is has been one of the most polarizing players all year. We talked about him after the British Open. We saw all that stuff on the practice range where he was banging his head against the wall and all that kind of stuff. But he works his ass off, and he's done what he has said he's going to do. He said he was a man on a mission to make the Ryder Cup, and I think he's, so I don't think that, He's going to mail it in. 
I just don't know if it's it's a week to play him when he knows he's already got this, you know, the you know, he's number one seed going into East Lake. He's playing well. Um, yeah, just, it's not a mail it in kind of week. It's just like a, it's like I'm sure the last few weeks he's given it a little extra and he may not give it that. But but he also may play free as anything, like free and relaxed and yeah. with no pressure, and that's dangerous too. <laughs> Um, I mean, I think, you know, wh- whether we're talking on this podcast or our Rotor Grinders YouTube video or our 18 Birdies article that we write up or whatever it is, when we talk about fades, we try to give you guys fades that, you know, will actually give you leverage. It, I mean, it, it makes no sense for us to say, oh, we want, we want you to fade Pat Perez because, I mean, he's going to be owned at 2%. Like, there's no there's no leverage there. So when we give you a fade, we try to give you a fade that's going to be uh, – it's going to give you some ownership leverage if they don't perform well. Um, and, and obviously there's a reason they're popular because they're playing well or they fit the course or whatever it is. You know, I, I'm not mad at you if you want to play Bryson. I think you just have to come to that – you know, that's that's got to be your strategy, your approach playing DFS. Am I going to – Am I going to fade the guy just because he's at his highest price? He's in a stack field. He's not, you know, the odds of him winning three in a row are pretty ridiculous. Uh, he doesn't have to win at ten thousand, but he probably, you know, he's he's got to he's still got to play pretty well to kind of return some value for you. Or am I going to go ahead and and uh, and not play him and plant my flag somewhere else? So that's what you got to do. I think I'm with you there. I think that's what I lean with Bryson as well. Um, all right, let's talk nine K range. Obviously, Tony Finau has a lot to prove. Um, he's he's wanting nothing more than that Ryder Cup bid. He talked about it in a press conference uh, as soon as his round was over on on Monday. Um, so he's he, he I'm sure he feels like, hey, I got to go out one more week and do my thing. And if I do that, then I've done all I can do. You know, other than that, I mean, he's sitting pretty good at the FedEx Cup. I mean, he's doing great. He's making a I think he's made over five million dollars not winning a tournament this year. I mean, he's doing pretty good. But he's also going to be super chalky. So you got to know that going in. He was 22% owned across most contests, GPPs last week on DraftKings. So he's going to be popular. He does check all the boxes. For me, um, he's one that I'm going to be pulling for. And if I was playing cash, maybe I start a lineup with Tony Finau. But I'm not going to have him in GPPs. It's just a flag I'm planting. I'm not going to play him. I told you, I think this week with 68 players, no cut, you've got to have ownership leverage. I'm going to try to have as many guys as possible that give me that leverage. Um, so I'm not going to play him, but I am going to play just below him, Jordan Spieth, uh, who is starting to kind of come around. Also, like Rory, not really high owned. He was 13% owned on average last week for the Dell. Last week at the Dell is the first week since the Genesis in February that he is in the positive on every major strokes gain category for the week. Strokes gain, tee to green, off the tee, approach, around the green, and putting. First week that every one of those categories has been positive. He's had weeks where the ball striking was there and the putter wasn't. We saw that kind of through the the spring, early summer. Um, And then lately we've seen the ball striking kind of come and go. But last week was the first week that we saw him tee to green gaining strokes and and on the putting surfaces gaining strokes. With a 12th place finish, Still some lower ownership. This kind of course, this old-school kind of Donald Ross, thinking your way in, angles, big, fast, undulating bent grass greens, <clears throat> Augusta National. Mm-hmm. I, I just feel like this is an interesting spot for Jordan. So I'm planting a flag on Jordan. I should have a lot of him, and that's that's it for me in the 9K. 
Well, I'm with you there. I do like some Jordan. I think this is a good course for him. And, I, you know, I'm liking the ownership just week in and week out that we're getting for him. So I, I will play him. I, I'm still I'm, – I'm going to play some Tiger this week. I was big on him last week. You know, he's he's fourth in the field in strokes gained approach. He's top ten in, in par four scoring. Also checks the box in strokes gained putting on bent and, and uh, proximity. So I think Tiger is another player. Look, he's he's got the Ryder Cup thing in the bag. I know he wants to win this year. Everybody knows he's 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 just it's gonna happen eventually. I think this is a good week for him. I do like this course for his game. So I do I will play some Tiger at ninety two hundred. Here's a guy I like though from a GPP standpoint, and that is Ricky Fowler. You know what? When you get a guy who's coming off of an injury, he's taken two weeks off from the playoffs you've got to take advantage of that either one way or another now you're there's a lot of people out there that probably want to fade him because of the injury and everything else but i think this is the week you take advantage of that he's going to be lower owned at nine thousand. he's you know when you look at his last few events he's checking the box he's top 20 in strokes gained approach he's fifth in the field in strokes gained putting on bent grass greens he's number one in proximity from 175 to 200 yards out, which they are going to have a lot of those shots when it, on these par fours this week because there's some there's some decent length to the par fours. So I do like that for Ricky Fowler. And, you know, here's the thing. He wasn't that bad in the PGA Championship. And, and I know, you know, that we have this injury concern and everything else, but the guy's just, you know, he took a few weeks off, and I think you play him this week. I think you take advantage of the lower ownership that you're definitely going to get in GPPs and play some Ricky Fowler at 9,000. Yeah, I, I, I totally get the point. Um, he's also 26th in the FedEx Cup standing. So, actually, him and Tiger. Tiger's 25th, Fowler's 26th. Also mentioned Rory, who's 24th. Those are all kind of guys who – you know, except for Tiger, you know, have been in the FedEx Cup, you know, in the Tour Championship for years in a row, haven't missed them, and are staples in the event, want to be there, and they've got to do something this week. They're not sitting in the, you know, pretty much automatic spot. They can get run down and passed and not find themselves at Eastlake in a couple weeks. So I think that's obviously added motivation. But for for Fowler, um, I could see it. You know, it's just an oblique injury. We'll see. We'll see what happens. It may not be that big of a deal. Um, and you're right. He took some rest and he did his thing. And he was in pretty good form. I mean, you know, you look at his game log. He's in pretty good form leading up to the the oblique injury. So I don't mind the call. Um, all right. So if you, so would you rather play? By the way, my Hideki call last week. Thank you're welcome. I crushed you. Yeah, you did. Crush you with that. So, if you had to play one guy in the nine k in GPPs, who would it be? Uh, you know what? For me, it's it would be uh, Ricky actually. And because yeah, not... and here's the thing: if this was a if this was a different week where we had a cut and all that kind of stuff, I may I may change my opinion. But because of the week that it is, where there's no cut. And everything else, and ownership to me, like you said, is key. I, that, that's why I'm saying Ricky. Yeah, mine would obviously be Spieth. I, and I don't, I don't know about the Tiger pick, man. The driver is still pretty bad. He still did not hit the driver very well last week. Uh, and and I think not just hitting the, you know, 
hitting the fairway, but being on the right side of the fairway into these into these greens and these angles, I think is going to be important. I'm not crazy about it. He's obviously showing a, some signs of fatigue as well. He sounds to me is, like you you thought that you you wanted me to say Tiger. <laughs> no, I didn't. Because you, you just Tyler, like, but I'm just like I said, Ricky, feedback. and you immediately you were like, okay, yeah, but then you started talking about Tiger. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just didn't get a chance to. I didn't get a chance to tell you why I didn't like Tiger. I'm just not a fan of Tiger this week. I, I think he's getting tired. I think that's why he's skipping the pro am tomorrow. Uh, I, I just, I think he's kind of trying to pace himself a little bit. He does obviously have something to fight for, sitting at 25th in the rankings. But I, the, the driver still concerns me for Tiger. But all right, let, let's uh, let's start off the 8K range. I'm gonna let you start the 8K spot. Um, who you got? Wow. Well, yeah, I think... Um, Why'd you say you, wow? Was that shocking? I don't know. For some reason, I was just thinking you were going to start because you're just, you know, you just like to dominate the conversation. So. <laughs> um, I think Molinari is a great play at 8,800. I know he's he's one of the guys that has obviously just been playing fantastic lately. But you know what? Um, he didn't have... He hasn't had great results. You know, last week he... or Well, at the Northern Trust, he missed the cut. Um, you know, I know he was six at the PGA Championship, but you know, coming off that missed cut, I think he's an interesting play for sure. You know, checks the box and strokes gain approach, also par four scoring, proximity. Uh, I think he's a great play there at 8800. I think that's a, just a fantastic price. So I like some Molinari this week at 8800. Also like Mickelson. You know, he's made the team. He's made the Ryder Cup 8400. Played well last week. He's fourth in the field in strokes gained putting on bent grass greens. Also, par four scoring checks a box. Proximity, that 175 to 200 mark. He's top 10 in the field and on strokes gained approach. So, I do like some Mickelson. Uh, you mentioned Rafa Cabrera Bello. We're talking about Ryder Cup. I think that's just always a factor here when it comes to the. You know, when you get down to the final few events, just like Kiz, Finau, everybody else, Cabrera Bella has the same kind of pressure on him. He's been playing fantastic. I like him at that price of 8300 And you know what? He fits, you know, his recent form's been good. Strokes gained approach, uh, par four scoring. Uh, his putting on bent grass is, is good. So I do like some Rafa Cabrera Bello. And finally, down there... Near the bottom, I think a decent GPP play is going to be Paul Casey at 8,000. Checks the box and strokes gained approach. Also proximity. I know he's just been so up and down as far as where his form has been, but I like getting a guy like him. You know, he did finish T21 last week. Um, you know, hasn't missed a cut since the PGA Championship. I, we, I feel like you just you just kind of keep getting... Um, a lower ownership on some Paul Casey, so I do like him at eight thousand. So there you go. Uh, as people are listening to this podcast, I would like one of our listeners to give a a, a count, give us a, a, t- a, a count for how many times you have said the word "fantastic" in the podcast. Not not just Probably up until this, I'll not just up until word. this point, but all the way through the podcast. Let's see how many times Pat says "fantastic." I think I heard it about half a dozen times in that yeah. little rant you just did. Um, I am on the fence on Molinari. I could be talked into Molinari. I'm on the fence. 
Um, but my picks are Cabrera Bello. Don't care how popular. I think he's probably going to be in the 15 to 17 percent range. Just love the way he's playing. Love the Ryder Cup last kind of hoorah for 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 Cabrera Bello. Actually, I take that back because Thomas Bjorn's making his picks tomorrow. So he'll he'll probably be picked tomorrow. I'm thinking. Is that tomorrow? Him. That is tomorrow. Yeah. See, I didn't. I I, I don't know yeah. what I did. But I, I just love the way he's playing. Uh, then I'm gonna go Webb at 8100. Webb kind of flew, flying back under the radar a little bit. Like he was uh, on average below 10% owned across DraftKings contests last week. Um, you know, continues. He was to, winning the tournament leap going into Saturday. I know, and he sucked it up. I mean, he finished 49th, but yeah. I, I just he's still playing really well for 8100 for Webb Simpson on a Donald Ross design. I kind of, I kind of, I kind of like it. Uh, in fact, going back to that Donald Ross 100 round stat, he is fourth over the, in in 100 rounds uh, on Donald Ross designs. So I'm liking Webb, and then finally I'm going to go to Billy Horschel. Billy Horschel withdrew from the golf tournament last week, as we already mentioned, with a sinus infection, and I feel like that's a good spot to jump on him. He's checking boxes, man. He's 12th in strokes gained off the tee, first in proximity in the last 12 rounds, 20th out of this field in the Donald Ross deal. He was uh, on average around 8% owned on DraftKings contest this past week when he withdrew. But before that, a third-place finish at the Northern Trust and 11th at the Wyndham. I just I think Billy Ho's an interesting spot at 8K to come back and get some of that GPP leverage, get himself into Eastlake. Um and see what happens. Right now he's 15th, so he's looking like Eastlake's probably going to happen, but you definitely don't want to see him. I mean, he doesn't need to, like, withdraw again. But, um, you know, sinus infection, I ain't worried about it. He can get over that. So I'm going Billy Ho. Those are my three guys, Billy Ho, Webb Simpson, and Rafa Cabrera-Bella. That's who I like. Thoughts on those? You good? No, I'm good with that. I mean, Billy Ho, I just never like playing, so I'm not going to play him, but. Because of his backwards hat thing a couple years ago, you still pin up about that. Yeah, I'm a little pin up about that, and I just I'm not. I'm a. He's a gator. It's just there's a lot. Oh, yeah, true. True. Internally, I just can't. I can't play some Billy Ho, but I can't. I can't blame you, but I think right. it's a little overhyped. All right, seven K range. I'm going Cam Smith. I'm gonna ride the hot form with Cam. I think this is a good spot for him. Eighth in the last hundred rounds on Donald Ross design strokes gain total. He's coming around, man. Cam Cam's looking hot. You know, five percent owned last week, I believe. Yeah, five percent back to back third place finishes in the playoffs. I mean, if you're gonna play the form on Bryson DeChambeau, you might as well ride Cameron Smith at 7,800. Uh, I think that's a pretty good buy for him. So I'm gonna play some Cam. I'm going to play some Kyle Stanley, 7,500. I just can't get off the ball-striking prowess of Mr. Kyle Stanley. 12th place finish at the Dell. Checking boxes uh, in terms of ball-striking all over the place. Fifth in proximity, scrambling well when he does miss the greens, which is important. 26 in strokes gained off the tee in this field. Loving that. So I'm liking a little Kyle Stanley. I also like Kevin Kisner. Everyone knew we were going to talk about Kisner, but this is his last chance, like, this is his last hurrah to make that Ryder Cup, and we know that that's what he wants to do. So if he needs to get, if he's got to get Jim Furyk's attention, this is the week to do it. I just, and I feel like he's going to be cheap. He's going to be low owned. 
Um, and he's actually checking boxes. In the last 12 rounds, he's 16th in strokes gained off the tee and 19th in proximity. He hadn't been scrambling all that well. Um, and he, he he's in the top half uh, of the field in strokes gained on Donald Ross' design. So I, I think that, I think he got to play Kiss. He's just a fiery competitor. He wants to do all he can to – you know, to make this team, this is his last his last chance to do it. Um, coming off a of top 25 last week, which is good to see after the 73rd finish at the Northern Trust. So I think his is uh, is definitely in play. Other than that, in the 7K, uh, maybe a little exposure to Byung Hun An. I kind of like Byung Hun An. I, I could. I like the ball striking ability, form solid, 7,100. You get a guy that can score, you know, almost won his first PGA Tour event a couple of weeks ago. Saw him falter at the RBC Canadian. Uh, I, I think he could, I think he's got top five, top 10 upside uh, at this golf tournament. So I'm going to go Young Hun in. That's it. Well, I, I think that uh, it's, it's, to me, it's hard to, uh, not play some Hendrick Stinson. I'm kind of surprised you didn't you didn't mention him. I mean, I look, I know the form is. No, I don't not, mind it. I don't mind. It. I just gave you my favorites. Um, but checks the box, and he's top ten in the field in strokes gained approach. A, a guy that you know on a course like this, a very hard course, he's going to be hitting fairways. I think he can score. I think he's kind of flying in under the radar. I like him as a GPP play. I don't know what he is on like my bookie or some of those sites as far as. Uh, his odds, but I kind of like him. You know, I think he could be a, one of those that you could take to win. And right beneath him, I'm just with you. I like Kyle Stanley. I think he's a fantastic play here at 7,500. I do like that. Uh, I'm with you on Kiz. I, I'm just going to be on him until you know I, he's not on the Ryder Cup team. You want to so, be on him? Well, I'm going to play him until he's not on the Ryder Cup. I want to be on you <laughs> because. You know, I know how bad he wants to make it, and I know that that is a factor always with him whenever he is, you know, he's got a chance to to either win a tournament or make something like the Ryder Cup. He's all in, so I do like that. Um, Another guy that I think is interesting to me at 7,000 on DraftKings is Adam Hadwin. And, you know, here's here's a guy Mm. that, always feel like you got to take when he's streaky and he's played well the last couple weeks he's finished t21 and t11 and when you look at his putting on bent grass greens you know the last like five or six events he doesn't check the box but when you look at the last two events where he finished t21 and t11 he's third in the field in strokes gained putting on bent grass greens so i think that you know, a guy like Adam Hadwin is a guy I want to play when he's hot, especially when the putter's hot. So I like him at 7,000. I think he's a great GPP play this week. So there you go. He will be one of my guys in this 7K range. You know what else is hot, Pat? What? My body in Peter Millar dress shirts. I don't know if you've seen it, mm. but it's pretty hot. Smoking, smoking hot. The quality, the style from Peter Millar. Our friends at Peter Millar, they're back at it. They're going to be with us all year, man. We love the Peter Millar stuff. We started getting some of the the fall line at the house. It's fantastic. The pullovers, the the comfort, easily. The I most got something today. 
You did? Yeah. I was always wondering if you got something. I got a little, yeah. What'd you get? I got a pullover, which is just fire, and some uh, just little fall-looking long pants. I don't know what they call it, but so As opposed to short pants? (laughs) As opposed to short pants. Yes. Good looking, though. So good looking. Every time I wear my Peter Millar, my wife... I feel like she takes like that second look at me. Doubtful, doubtful. Now, now like, the listeners know this is all BS. I'm like, now you they know, know what? No, no, no. I'm serious. I'm like, you know what? Bullshit. This is this is some good <laughs> shit. <laughs> I just love that you can take it out the dryer. You don't have to iron it, dude. You can unpack the thing from the box and it's like sitting in a hot UPS truck for days, and then on your front porch for another day, maybe two. You know, if you don't notice it. And you pull it out of the box, and it's just it's just fresh. Like you could you could wear it the same day. How would you not notice day. it? Because when you got Peter Millar on the way, you are absolutely. I have like a recessed front waiting door. We don't on ever the go front in there. ports for it. We don't ever go in there. It's a it's like a recessed front. But anyway, I'm saying you don't need to dry clean. No machine. You can machine wash, save the dry cleaning. They don't shrink. No ironing, all that stuff. You can wear it any occasion. Follow them on social media as well at Peter Millar. That's M I L L A R, and then at Peter Millar Golf. Follow both those guys. Head over to petermillar.com slash tour junkies. Check out some of the stuff that me and Pat have got, and we've been rocking, and we love it. Be sure to use our link. You get a complimentary hat and free shipping. That's petermillar, M I L L A R.com slash tour junkies. Petermillar.com slash tour junkies. Hit that up. Love those guys. And I can be just as hot as Adam Hadwin's putter the last That's two right, months. which is hot in the last two weeks. Oh, yeah, you're. Um, all right, 6K range. Hit me with it. Your boy Bo Hostler starts it off. Our, we, our friend Charles Howell, he's got a chance. Who you like in the 6K spot? Well, I think it's hard to argue against some CT Pan at 6900. Oh, yeah, but you've been arguing with me against CT Pan for the last couple of weeks, but it's hard to argue all of a sudden, huh? Wait, what are you talking about? He was one of my favorite plays a few weeks ago. Yeah, you're always giving me crap about, oh, yeah, you're going to pick C.T. Pan. He's everybody's pick. He's popular. All right, well, I like C.T. Pan this week. I think he's a... If even you like him, then I mean, look at him. He's gained 18 strokes on the field over his last three events with a T2, a T4. I mean, the guy's just been fantastic, so I do like... I said fantastic again, by the way. If Dude, you don't know... Wait till you go back and listen to this. You're going to you're gonna be like, oh my God, that's the only word I know. It's like the yeah. whole podcast, Pat just went fantastic, 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 fantastic. I guess fantastic. that's it, but it's a good word. I like to say it. Um, it's a terrible word. Why is it such a terrible word? <laughs> it's just terrible to hear you say it a hundred times in an hour. Um, you know what? Another guy that I like that I think is going to, you know, again go a little bit under the radar mm. is Jason Kokrak. I liked him last week. Oof. I didn't mention Yikes. him on the show, but he's at 6,900. Uh, look at his last five events. He's made all all cuts. He's got a T12, a T19, 57, T40, and T24. So a guy that's under 7K is just absolutely slaying it right now. He's gained 18 strokes on the field at 6,900. I think Kokrak is a fantastic play. Mm-hmm. Once again, I said that word, and I like him. And then the last guy I'm going to say is going to be... Hmm. Who do I want to pick here? I think I'm going to take Brian Gay, and really really mainly just because just been so solid lately. 
has a top 10 finish recently, um, and just 6,600. I don't know. I mean, you know, he's going to make the cut because guess what? There's no cut. So, there oh my go. God, Pat, you didn't prepare at all for the 6K range, did you? No, I didn't. I was I was off on the 6K range. Clearly. But I yeah, really, we can all, we can really, all tell. You're really, really bringing your A game right now. Really like Jason Kokrak. Yeah. All right. So the chalk plays that I like in the 6K range are CT Pan and Brian Gay. Um, I think Brian Gay is definitely a value at 6600. Chalk. Chalk. Yeah. Total chalk. Um, in terms of potential not so chalk plays i think i'm not sure what ryan moore is gonna do i feel like ryan moore just like name value may if you're gonna say ryan moore abraham answer no or like chris kirk you're not gonna be you're talking you're not talking about non-chalk plays okay okay then i'm only saying ryan moore out of those out of those guys i'm gonna give you two more that you didn't mention all right so ryan moore but I'm saying he may not be chalk. I mean, he finished 71st last week and missed the cut at the Northern Trust. Like, let's see what he's Ryan He's just Moore... been so popular lately. Everybody's oh, really? Talking... What, what was his ownership last week? I don't effing know what his ownership was, but you everybody just said likes he's been to so talk popular. about Ryan Moore. You just said he's been so popular the last two weeks. Because everybody know? talks about him. I'm not, I'm not talking about his ownership. Well, that mean, I don't care if everybody's talking about him. I care about it. Is, does he get owned? Do you know what his ownership was? I don't know, probably 10%, 15%. Really? It was 3.75. Mike King drop. 3.75 was his average ownership last week. Oh, coming I'm off so mid- good at coming off pegging of ownership. I should be a genius. I need to know what everybody... <laughs> I should be a genius. No, you just say, you just get all, you do this, like every couple weeks when I get in the 6K, for some reason you do it in the 6K, you don't do it any other time, I don't know if it's because you like, you quit paying attention or something, or I don't know what happens, but in the 6K you start making these accusations that aren't true, Ryan Moore has not been a chalky play the last two weeks, clearly evidenced by the 3.75% average ownership in DraftKings contest last week. Where he's it's probably because that, like that he gets talked up a lot on podcasts like the tour junkies or something, and then everybody knows that they're too smart to actually play him, which they should be. So there you go. Oh yeah, great logic there. All right, well I'm going with Ryan Moore. I think he's a GPP play, fits the profile of this golf course well, and in fact, despite the crappy form, checks a lot of boxes. 27th in strokes gained off the tee, 15th in proximity, and 8th in the last 100 rounds on Donald Ross designs. I think Ryan Moore is an interesting play. And just for the sake of time, I'm only going to give you one more, uh, and that's Ryan Armour. So the, the Ryans in the 6K range, 6,400. Ryan Armour down there near the minimum price, 12th in proximity, plays Donald Ross designs pretty well. Um you know, so I, th- I think Ryan Armour, 35th last week, not fantastic, and 8th at the Wyndham a couple weeks ago. Also, pretty low-owned guy across the board. So I'll, I'll go Ryan Armour and Ryan Moore as my two GPP, not really chalky plays in the 6K range. But I also like C.T. Pan and Brian Gay. There you go. Freaking Pat. Just throwing out stuff like you, like you know. You don't know. Jeez. Who's your one and done? Do you know? Have you even thought about it? No, <laughs> I haven't even thought about it. Jeez, man. What did you do? What'd you do? What do you mean, what did I do? What'd you do while you were waiting on me to start the podcast tonight? 
What, I'm supposed to be waiting on you? Like, I'm supposed to be doing a lot of stuff while I'm waiting on you? I mean, maybe, you know, thinking about who your one of them is going to be. you have stuff to do, and I don't have anything to do while I'm waiting on you? Yeah, you don't. So, like, I'm supposed to just... I don't know. Yeah, I had a fantasy football draft tonight. I know who my one is. So, you had something to do. Yeah. So, whatever I was doing was not important to what you were doing. Correct. Are you stalling so you can figure out your one and done pick? Yes, I am. I'm stalling. <laughs> and all right, I'm is... gonna. I'll I'll give you more time. I'm gonna go Cam Smith. I'm gonna ride the hot form. I've used a lot of the big guns, um, so I'm gonna go Cam Smith. I'll tell you what I'm gonna do because you know what? Because I believe in him. I think he wants to be on this Ryder Cup team so bad. I'm going to go with Kevin Kisner as my one. Pat, if you think you have made it this far into the season not having used Kevin Kisner, you are more drunk than I thought you were. I'm pretty sure I haven't. Dude, there is no way you've gone this far and have not used Kevin Kisner. There's no way. I'm pretty sure I have not. Look, I have. if you're talking about one and done, I haven't used him. Pat. Patrick Perry. Patrick Eugene Perry. Is that your middle name? Eugene? What the What's your fuck middle name? are you talking about? <laughs> Eugene? What's your middle name? Is this name? like Revenge of the Nerds or something? <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. You're going to offend all our Eugenes. What if we have Eugenes listening and you just, you just offended them? If you're a Eugene, that's fine, but you should be on the... You, you have a Revenge of the Nerds name. A Revenge of the Nerds name. Eugene is a name that should be on Revenge of the Nerds. If you're a character in Revenge of the do Nerds. You know, do you know how many people listen to us that probably don't even know what Revenge of the Nerds is? I don't care. If you don't, look it up. Google it. Also, you used Kevin Kisner at the RBC Heritage. You're, I did? You are, you've, you've lost your mind if you think you've ne- you have not used Kevin Kisner all year. I just looked it up. You use him at the Heritage. He won you $181,000. Cal Stanley. <laughs> oh, man. Please tell me you've used Cal Stanley. Uh... You have not used Cal Stanley. All right. I'll use Cal Stanley. I like him this week. I think he's a great play. You think he's fantastic? I think he's great fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> all right i think it's past bedtime thank you guys for downloading <laughs> we started we, late you know yeah. this is this is a late yeah. one we do anticipate we'll have a podcast next week we're not sure exactly what it's going to have content wise we're talking that out working on a couple things but we do think we'll have a podcast when do we get a break be, man God, next week there won't be a pj tour event there's not a pj tour event next week all right i'm ready for a break you basically took a break tonight you didn't freaking you didn't do anything Research, you showed up. I, I did plenty of research, but I did, I'm ready for a break. <laughs> All right, everybody. Have a great week. May your screens be green. Nighty night, Pat. See you. Oh! My heart skips skipping the beach, and I'm close enough so that space between you and me, let's lose it. The way you're dancing, swaying to the music, girl, that body and how you move it. Every time you cross my mind, girl, I lose it. Alexa, play the Country Heat playlist. Okay. I don't think you know what you're doing to me.
With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. Point out the colors of you. I see them too, and boy, I like them. I like them. I like them. We wait to fly to partake in all this hate. We out here vibing. We vibing. We vibing. Alexa, play Ariana Grande. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.